here we go again with the Modern Goddess podcast. Welcome, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. And it is fabulous to have with us the lovely Mia. And uh, let's have a little look-see at what do we need to do to love you properly, Mia? <laughs> to love me properly. Wow. I guess be nice to me. Yes, <laughs> kind and nice. That's coming up quite a bit. <laughs> Well, it's just a very simple thing to do. It's a very simple start is that if you're nice, conversation flows a little bit more and trust and openness comes out a little bit more. Yeah, so that's sort of the second layer, the trust and then the openness. So that's lovely. So be nice, trust and openness then develops. <laughs> what else do you need to feel loved and supported? Um, well, it's interesting. Um, so a few years ago, my neighbour got me into the, the that five love languages book that I'm sure you've heard all about, and it was really interesting. So I went through it all and and had a look and asked my um my my husband at the time, you know, what do you think I am? What do you think? And like he he couldn't care less. So we never found out. And then. I was, we were going to come on and do this podcast. And so I went, you know what? I'm just going to figure it out for myself. Um, yeah, and it really did come across like that's exactly what I am. Like I am a person that needs to feel like I, I need to feel like that person actually is listening and actually cares about what I want to, what I say and what I do and has some respect for me, even if I'm, you know, having my little special moments. <laughs> <laughs> so is that thing you know that's like yeah I would like the person to be there you know having that quality time being able to fulfill the you know the physical touch and you know and and just feel cared for I think we all like that don't we we do, we do. what's the little things that we could do to um, make you feel cared for listen so you like, <laughs> like to have a chat you like to have a talk? I love to have a chat. I love to talk. I'm naturally an introverted person. Um, it's, it does take me a bit to open up. I don't like big groups. I much rather that intimate feeling of having, you know, one-on-one -on -one time with my friends or with my partner and just just being able to have that kind of like quiet little bubble of, of trust around us about, you know, things I can say and being able to say just being able to say things and my and my partner to listen and not judge, I guess, to be able to actually listen, not talk over the top, not, you know, go straight into how to fix it. It's just that, yeah, just that intimacy of going, okay, so, yep, so that's how you're feeling at the moment. Let's, you know, let's work through that or let's fill it or let's love it and, yeah, and connect in that kind of way. I love how you yeah. described um, that intimate space for you is like a little bubble, and I really love that. I think that's our first big takeaway from today's episode is just um, who else needs and wants that little bubble of intimacy where you are able to talk and express and whatever comes out comes out. Whatever's yeah. inside the secret bubble is stays there and that builds more and more trust as you open up like a little blossom. I think so. And I think we all sort of, we all need that. We all need that sort of one or two people in our lives that 
that do know that intimate side of us that you know that can be in the bubble of of love and understanding um yeah whether it's you know whether it is a sibling whether it's a partner whether it's a really close friend there's just there's always that extra person there that you sort of I guess speak differently to or can just sort of see yourself with and I think that's that's love when you can say when you can say what's going on in you in your head and it might be a jumble of mess Mm. and it's okay for them to hear it (laughs) nothing to hide no (laughs) you have to hide that part of yourself as you process I think sometimes introverts are very much internal processes um, and to interrupt that process um, can sound like a um, jumbled mess because they haven't processed it if it's still a jumbled yeah. mess. But if you're getting them <laughs> to externalise their um, processing, then it's really interesting to watch how those pieces all get, in, get into place and it's really interesting to watch them plonk it as they hear themselves outside of themselves. It's a really beautiful process. Am I describing that well for you? <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it's exactly like that. It's the same thing that, that people say, oh, you know, you write things down in a journal because when you read it back, it doesn't seem as bad as it is. <laughs> I think it's the same with speaking it out loud for an introvert to like to hear it out loud and actually say it to someone, you kind of do sit back and just go, okay, Oh, that was so much bigger in my head than I thought. (laughs) (laughs) That is so much more of a, like, Tiger King documentary than just a, like, you know, a little tigger in the corner. Like, that's okay, cool. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I like to call it in my therapy practice out of the dark into the light. So in in, in, in the dark, things seem a lot scarier and bigger and, um, you know, like uh, a child under the bed was very scary because it was dark under the bed. Um, it's dark in the closet. Um, and so, yeah, in the head to me is the dark. And then when you put it out on paper, paper is gen- generally white and so it's into the light. And um, when we put it out into the air, I see that as giving it to the universe, so making it come out of us into the world. And so that's when we can start to actually co-create with the universe through breath. What do you think of that? Yeah, that's a really nice way of putting it, especially if you have those special people that you do sort of put it out to the universe, then they are, they're your universe. Those people are, you know, that's your universe, that's your tidy little little safe space oh that's cool I really like that I'm gonna use that <laughs> really nice talking to you already it's fantastic so just um uh I love how that's our next insight from you is that the people around us no matter if it's one or two or three people and for introverts that inner circle is quite small um, they mm-hmm. like it small. They don't need numbers. They need quality, not quantity, to feel loved. And I love that you've now labelled them your universe, and that's absolutely right. We 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 can um, put it out there to our universe rather mm-hmm. than putting it out there to the universe. Yes, it is our universe. You know, like yeah. Again, as an as an introvert, there's there's no way that I would want people to know stuff about me (laughs) you know 
you know, I, like I work in video production and I do lots of videos and things. And so, you know, I can talk, but it's a whole other different thing if you're part of a big group or, you know, you've got to share intimate details with someone. That's not something that's comfortable for me. But yeah, having your own little universe around your people, like, I, yeah, I have no idea what I would do without my sister. Like, she's probably like the sun in my universe because she does know, yeah, she knows more about me than anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I totally agree. That inner circle um, and how close they are to you. Um, mm. I agree with you. I've got uh, three sisters and my elder sister and I are like, we call each other two peas in a pod. We're virtually oh. the same person. So um, <laughs> really know each other quite intimately. And it's so wonderful to have that closeness and that, you know, that one person that really gets you, understands you and kind of knows how you got here. Yeah. <laughs> how it was how, how good is it to have sisters? Oh. Uh, sisters are the best. They really are the best. And when you can have them as friends that you choose, that's when I really knew I loved my sisters was that I'd actually choose them as friends. Um, yeah. Just blood and you're stuck with them. But... Um, <laughs> <laughs> my elder sister is really somebody I would choose as a friend. Yeah. Oh, that's really nice. <laughs> and are you the eldest or are you, where are you guys sitting? I'm the youngest. So we've got an older brother um, from dad's first marriage who is just, well, yeah, he's beautiful. Um, and then it's my sister and then myself. And so I was pretty much just plonked on her. The poor thing, like she probably really didn't want me. Um, yeah, she, yeah, my mum pretty much can tell you, can say that, yeah, she didn't really want me around. She was pretty cool to be an only child as much as she wanted to be. Um, <laughs> and then now she's stuck with me. Um, yeah, but she's just, she's so caring and she's much more quieter than I am as well. Like when I'm in a big group, I get sort of louder and louder and louder because that's what that's what my anxiety does is it manifests itself into being kind of like I'll either hide in the corner with my phone or I'll sort of be in the middle and laughing but it's all why um, and she's she's very much more able to sort of sit back and, and judge and listen and everything so she's yeah she's she's definitely different to me but a lot of people can't tell us apart so it's sort of, yeah, a bit of a yin-yang, but exact same person sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. that make sense? Yeah, it does, because um, I consider myself a born introvert, but I read as an extrovert. So when I ask yeah. the question, I'm on stage, I go, so what do you think I am naturally? And every everyone votes, oh, you, you, you're the extrovert, because there I am up on stage talking loudly. Um, but I'm a bored introvert. But every time I say that, my elder sister laughs because she's more introvert than me. But I say to her, I know you're more introverted than me, but I'm a, 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 a learned extrovert. I've learned how to do it and I can do it now quite easily. Um, but she still laughs at me and she thinks I'm making it up. I'm like, no, no, darling, I'm really shy. I'm really quite, you know, like I'm, I'm quite shy. And I, as a kid, I was shy. Like I, I, I compare myself to my youngest sister who is an extreme extrovert. And then my next sister, the, the, the second youngest, she's a, a, 
not as much of an extrovert, but still much more extroverted. So we're comparing ourselves to those two. And Mm. that's how we decide, gosh, we are nowhere near that extroversion. But when people see me in isolation, I read as this extrovert and I go, no, 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 you need to see my sisters. That's extrovert. Um, yeah, that's that's yeah yeah it is interesting isn't it because that's the sort of it's the same thing with me most people would go oh yeah she must be an extrovert she can do these videos and stuff and obviously I, like I I did drama and everything as a kid and was always you know loved being on stage but it's a whole other different world yeah. like that's a completely different thing like setting yourself up to you know <laughs> to be on stage and to talk on stage and everything is very different to what you are as a person yes yeah I think it's always been like that like I've always had like the one close friend or you know other sort of closer friends but I'm yeah like I'm not not it takes it out of me if I have to go to a party I get so drained it's just too much it's just not how I relax (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's not very relaxing is it I um gave up on parties once I became older um and I had I just don't like um, having parties here because I just think, how is this fun? There's so much time yeah. to do at the end. There's beer cans in the pool. It's terrible. Um, <laughs> didn't like yeah. it. So I, no. got, I had to face my fear when I turned 50 and I hadn't had anxiety like that for a very, very long time. But to because everyone said, oh, you have to have a party. And I'm like, oh, God. And then I did. I thought, geez, I'll probably resent, re, re, you know, res, resent it if I don't have one. So I better have one. And then the anxiety started. I was petrified of having this big party. Anyway, I had it. It was great. Yes, yes, yes. But I had to face myself. And I was shocked at how upset I was and how much anxiety went along with having a party. Anyway, I never have to have one again unless I reach 100. And then that's it. Well, okay, that's good. That's good to know. <laughs> I can be prepared for that. Well, I've been really, that's probably been a good thing that's come out of, you know, isolation and everything as well, is that the introverts, well, we all get to be ourselves now. Yeah. Like, I don't have to be, I don't have to come up with excuses to stay home with my dog. Like, I just, <laughs> my dog and I just, we're a special, we're a special couple. Like, I don't want to be off the couch. I just want to be with him. And I don't have to come up with excuses to leave him at home now. <laughs> I can just be with him. In- introverts um, are just saying, what? What's the problem? This is fantastic. <laughs> let's make the world like this permanently. This is brilliant. Yeah, let's stick with this. This is great. <laughs> it's so fun. I, I've, loved, I've loved every minute of it. And I've been saying to everybody with all these positive overtones and some people are having to remind me that this is terrible for some people. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I, I see it as a holiday. This has been great. Yeah. Like, what, what excuse do you need for this? This is amazing. This is amazing. <laughs> Sorry, to, Sorry, extroverts that need the, you know, outside time. I apologise. But, you know, it's our time to shine, okay? The whole world was set up for extroverts here. <laughs> Let us have our moments. <laughs> Do you think introverts um, are better at intimacy, one-on-one intimacy, than perhaps extroverts? Do you think we could argue that? A hundred percent. Oh, really? Good. You're, you're willing I, to go there. I'm willing to go there. I've, I've gone from watching all of this 
and watching people and seeing how it all works and going, I, and I was married to an extrovert, a super, super, super extrovert. Um, he really needed to get his energy off people and he needed people to be laughing and he needed people to be around him. And it was a really big thing for him. Like he had to be at parties. He had to be at parties on the weekend. We had to have dinner parties during the week to keep himself going and everything. Wow, that's it's, extreme. Yeah, it was really extreme. And it was exhausting for me as well. But yeah, like, so there wasn't, I just don't think that they've got that kind of the ability to have that one-on-one intimacy time. And I'm not, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's not, you know, they're not doing the wrong thing or anything like that. It's not, it's not a bad opinion. It's just, you know, I've seen it, I've seen it firsthand of going, they don't, it, the one-on-one time is not enough. It's sort of not enough for them. And it means sort of time listening to the one person and you've only got that one person to get that affirmation from and to get that energy from. So that's, I think that really does affect the ability to be intimate with sort of one person. Mm. Yeah. I wonder if we could extrapolate and say that, um, and I'm not purposely being outrageous, I just think you're the person, this is the episode to talk about introverts, extroverts, You've got the experience of being with one, so you kind of have some stories to tell. Um, (laughs) But I wonder if we could argue that introverts and their relationships are very deep and whether extroverts um, have lots, but they're Mm -hmm. more of a shallow experience as as opposed to the depth of it. Because I look at my Mm -hmm. friendships and I'm all about one-on-one. I, I, I just want one-on-one. That I, I hate group chat. I think group chat means it's automatically shallow and it's automatically yeah. generic and not very specific. So my one-on-one thing, conversations, I can go very, very deep. I can get very, very intimate. I can get right into the soul and the heart of the matter. We can stay focused on the problem at hand or the story that needs to be shared or the advice or the love or the nurturing that they're looking for, I can give that. I can't give that same experience in a group experience. It just doesn't go like that. So, I mean, I'm arguing that in, introverts and one-on-one relationships, whether that's intimate relationships or friendships, regardless, have got to be deeper and whether extroverts ever even know what we're talking about. No, I don't think they do. Like, but they might be is. like, I'll get fucked. I, I have great relationships. Like, um, uh, you know, they might be saying that. But I just wonder if they even know what you and I are talking about when we say we go deep and we go deep and we go deeper and then we keep building on that depth of relationship and that depth of intimacy. How can they get that from a party for a couple of hours that I call high buys? Because all you, all you have time for is, hi, welcome, come on yeah. in. And, Bye, thanks for coming. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. Like, you've only got time for that surface. You know, how are you? What's going on? Blah, blah, blah. You don't actually get past that's any of that surface level basic communication. But I think, and it's, they definitely have absolutely no idea. Like I've been through therapy with one. You know, we, oh, <laughs> we, talked about, we talked about it. And he's just like, okay. 
it's just there are the extroverts like they're extroverts because maybe they don't want to go down that deep or they don't care to or don't feel like they need to go that deep they don't need to feel that deep deep connection that we're talking about with anyone they don't need to they don't need to feel that or they don't want to feel that within themselves they'd maybe rather no one talked about it whereas you have like an introvert and they're asking you all these questions and they want to know and they want to you know help and be there for you and like really get down into the nitty-gritty and for a lot of people that's really uncomfortable and they just want to you know be there with the life of the party have a dance have a few drinks and be everybody's friend without them really knowing who they are. Yeah. yeah. And again, like not, not saying that's the wrong thing to do or a bad thing. That's just some people would rather not go deep. <laughs> I just, to me, I'd prefer to kill myself than to have shallow relationships. If I don't know who you are and I don't need, if I don't know the good, the bad and the ugly, then I don't consider myself a friend. And I certainly don't consider myself a good friend. If I know your deepest, darkest secrets, then I am your friend. I am in your inner circle and you've trusted me with your private information. And I will, I will yeah. obviously honour that in every way, shape or form and mm. never breach that uh, yeah. as much as I can. Obviously, um, yeah, I, I, I'm not saying everyone's perfect and there's never <laughs> a breach, um, but I would, I would be very upset with myself uh, if there was a breach and I would be on my hands and knees apologising, wishing to have your trust back if there was some yeah. breach. Um, but it would have been accidental, I promise you that. It would never be on purpose. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, but, yeah, I, uh, I, would, I would be horrified if, if I did a breach and I'd come running to you going, oh, my God, oh, my God, I've just done the worst thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, it, yeah, and it's, it's interesting because, you know, I spent, I didn't even really realise until... Like until after the divorce and then I was in my 30s and everything that I even had anxiety and most of it came from having to pretend that I was fine in extrovert situations. Mm. It was really strange to have like a few years of going, oh my gosh, I don't have to see anyone all weekend. This is amazing. Uh -huh. I have with mom. I've got my dinner with mum and dad and that's about it. This is great. And actually going and actually now having a partner that goes, you know, that's okay, right? Like, yeah, you know, yeah, it's normal. Like, you're allowed to only want to see one or two people on a weekend. You are allowed to just want to potter around your house and clean and, and do whatever. You know, that's actually okay. Like, that's not something to be embarrassed by. Like, oh, <laughs> oh yeah. okay. And that, like, whole heart issue and, like, stress and Crohn's disease and everything I have. Oh, it's all gone away. Huh. <laughs> yeah, so stress was going to kill you if you stayed with that extrovert. That was not a great match. So um, no. tell me, how did he get you in the first place? What was the attraction, you idiot? <laughs> <laughs> Lesson learned, I hope. Lesson learned. Now you know what you need and want to feel loved and secure, yeah. and secure and nurtured. I mean, that was not it. No, 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 not at all. <laughs> um, it was, 
I, I think I met him when I was, I was 25. Um, I, yeah, I just, like, I was bored and, and, and lonely. And, you know, I, I had, I had a housemate and everything, um, but she was sort of getting partnered up and really close to her girlfriend at the time. And so there was sort of less and less time being spent with her. Um, and I had my family and everything around me, but I wasn't in a job that I was feeling super comfortable in. I wasn't a part of any sort of like, we. it was at the time when all of my really close friends were all sort of finding our own way and sort of meeting partners and sort of trying to figure out our own thing. Yeah, it's a um, lovely moment. I know that, I know that moment. Yeah, yeah that sort it's of quarter life crisis thing. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, and I met him and he was just such a ball of energy and just so full on and happy and and that's sort of yeah and that's sort of what I thought I needed and wanted Mm. um work and worked that one out over time and that wasn't really what I (laughs) needed and wanted and did he want to get married like what did he find attractive about you or did he constantly berate you for being boring yep Oh yes. Uh, Shit, sorry. I didn't expect is, is that true? Or did I just guess that? No, he was um I think he I went along with a lot of what he wanted to do. Right. Wow. Um, so I made things really easy for him. Um and I did sort of whatever he needed. And so like what else would you need in a partner, I guess? <laughs> a people pleaser is ideal for those types because you can, he feels loved, he feels heard, he feels looked after, he's got his needs met. I mean, it's ticking all the boxes for him. And he gets yeah. to be a superstar. There's no competition. No. No, it was, just as, it was as simple as that. Like, it was just, it was his show all the time. Um, yeah. yeah and you sort of you forget I think a lot of people forget that somebody who's that super super happy in public there's got to there's the other side of it as well oh, if he's yeah. extreme happy then he's also extreme angry so you know it's like I was dealing with a person that no one else ever met so yeah like it just wasn't it wasn't ever going to work out well so yeah <laughs> you, you used the word angry you didn't say depressed at home quietly at home you actually said angry does that mean there was fit, um, physical outbursts or emotional outbursts of anger yeah yeah and that would have been very very frightening for a quiet person yeah it was it was full-on like it was full-on like it was um was I was bipolar really bipolar sometimes. Was he ever diagnosed? Sorry? Was he ever diagnosed as bipolar or narcissistic or sociopathic or anything like that? <laughs> Myself and the therapist did sort of talk about narcissism, oh. um, but then obviously once we were separated and he was sort of getting everything he needed from the friendship group, mm. um, they all told him that, that that can't be true. There's no way he's so nice. Yeah, he can't be a narcissist, and so and obviously me being me, I pulled away from everybody to deal with my feelings and went to my 
my universe, my little bubble of people. Um, and so I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to bother clarifying this. I'm not going to, have to labor. like, I'm not, yeah. I'm like, he's come, he comes back to me and says, well, everything you said about me is not true. I wouldn't, I'm not like that. All, all our friends say that I'm not that and I'm not that, I'm not that. I'm like, okay, well, you've gotten what you need out of them. So I'm not really going to argue this anymore. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, like it's, it's all done. Like we're not there. They didn't see. No one knows what a relationship looks like from the inside but those two people. That's it. And that's the thing to always take into account. Like, you know, you can sit through and talk through situations with friends about what may be going on with their partner or anything like that, but you just, you don't know what is actually really going on and what's happening between the two people. It's such an intimate space. And it's the same, like, <laughs> you know, we had that, I had that with my ex-husband. All these people were so surprised that we'd end up separated. Um, they were so shocked because they just think he's like the loveliest guy in the world. But they had no idea what was going on on the inside and what was going on at home and what they... They didn't see that because that's not what he was like when we were out. But it's even the same with any relationship. Like no one understands the relationship I have with my sister. No one understands the relationship you have with your sisters and especially, you know, your older sister. No one knows that except you guys. Mm. Just that feeling, like the only thing that you guys have. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> try and explain it but there's no real words for it because it's 50 years of knowing someone my sister yeah. had me for 50 years in her life <laughs> and we've seen the good the bad and the ugly we fought like cat and dog we were the world's worst enemies as teenagers um, <laughs> I was her baby doll growing up so the minute I was born she was like that natural nurturer so she just took me on as her doll and I was dressed, I was fed, and my parents would get up in the morning and she'd done it all. Um, and the oh, minute I started to have my own mind um, and started to have my own voice, um, obviously the relationship was not great because she wanted her little doll back. She wanted to be able to control and boss me around. And, for, and once that didn't happen anymore, then there's going to be problems. <laughs> but we had to loop back around and recreate a new relationship once we've resolved our old bullshit, whatever was going on. And um, yeah. now we're closer than ever because we've really fought for the relationship. We didn't just say, oh, that's too hard. We didn't get on as kids, so how can you get on as adults? But what we ended up finding is, is we weren't the opposites. We were actually <laughs> the same. And that's when we went, ah, and then we built our relationship on the fact that we're two peas in a pod, not yeah. two opposites, which looked like that as teenagers. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. Nobody knows the relationship on the inside. You can tell people what you reckon, but it's only what you sell to them. And that's the thing with him going out and telling his friends. The words he used, the way he phrases it up, the way he sells the concept is going to get him the exact answer that he wants back. And so we got yeah. the answer he wanted back. And then you went and explained it to your friends in your words, in your perception, from your perspective and you got back what you would have sold to them yeah um and so that's what that's about it's it, it that's why they never know is because until they come in and observe it for themselves 
and layer the fil their filters over the top of what they observe. And in a marriage, people never observe it because they're not in it. <laughs> no, they're not in it. So they don't really, they don't and see those kind of details. And that's how domestic violence starts is because it's always private. It's very hard to explain and it's easily um, sold in a different way. Always. Yeah. And the courts always are trying to battle that perception perspective problem. Yeah. And it's that's really tough. It's very tough. It's virtually impossible. It's virtually impossible yeah. because what the wife sees and feels and what she experienced is completely different from what the other person sees and feels and experiences. And it's just bringing the evidence together and trying to take the emotion and the perspective out of it and just go with the facts. Like, did he hit you? Yes. Did he hit you more than once? Yes. Do you know what I mean? It's like really basic. And that's why the law has nothing to do with justice is because the law has nothing to do with emotion and perspective and it's um, and perception. It's only yeah. So it's very hard for somebody that's been through an emotional experience to have themselves robbed of that emotional response. They want to tell everybody how emotional it was, and the courts are interested <laughs> in the emotion of it. They don't want any of that. So it's very, no. very, it's very, very awful to not um, be able to explain the emotional point of view, but. The courts can't go there because that's all messy and it's not black and white. <laughs> no, and it can be very, very full on for everybody involved. <laughs> yeah. So tell us, where are you at now? It sounds like you've got another relationship. Yes. Well so, done. Yeah. Did you pick better this time, young lady? Oh, most definitely. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> no, we've learned. Um, yeah, and it was kind of it was kind of weird because he's he was actually my friend throughout all of this as well. So we met we met many many years ago and have been really close friends for a long time. Yeah, and it's all just started to and it just got closer and closer and closer. And so it's just it's really nice to have something that started off as friends, and I know that he's there, and it's. <laughs> and I find it really nice that you sort of you talked about you know you sort of you want them to be that light you want them to be that universe and only sort of two or three days ago I was like I was apologizing and going I'm sorry like you've had such a big day with your kids and trying to like and trying to get them through this homeschooling and everything and I'm just blurting out all this anxiety and I just like I don't need to be another stress for you I'm really sorry and he's just like I'm your lighthouse I'm all good. Like, let's just sit and we'll work it through. I'm your lighthouse. Like, oh, oh my God. <laughs> Success at last. And how beautiful a man using those beautiful words. Um, that's just gorgeous. And that's the whole point of this podcast, The Modern Goddess, is to see where are we at now? What do we want now? Now that we've gone through... Um, the last you know decades and decades um, I'm 51 so I've obviously seen what was going on in the 80s and the 90s and the 2000s and 2010s and now the 2020s where are we at I was really curious to find out and you know we're starting to see these 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 incredible moments with men who are so evolved and so emotionally intelligent 
and mm. they're really starting to arrive at the shores and oh, I'm so excited and it's just you're one of them you've found one on your shoreline and this is just so exciting to see the evolution of the male species starting to step up and become the lighthouse yeah that we need well, yeah I find it really interesting because I feel like we're in this I was talking about this with a friend on the weekend going I feel like we're in this really interesting odd sort of generation at the moment um at least for, this is what i'm sort of finding in the sort of the 30s and 40s um age groups of going there we've all sort of grown up still with that patriarchal world and very you know masculine and we still have that kind of we still all grew up with those kind of values and saw that all happening in society we still had quite you know a few things that were a bit sexist that we saw in TV shows and it was just, you know, that's just the way the world was. But now we've got, you know, these these women in their 30s and I don't know, something happens in your 30s where you just like, my 20s, was, that was horrendous. What the hell? This is not what I am. I want to be me. And you kind of like, this whole world changes. And I'm finding a lot of that is happening, but everything's still held back for the men as well. Like, They've just all of a sudden got so much more to learn about how to deal with independent women and to, you know, respect their strengths and how to be that partner to them, even though they've grown up seeing the same thing and, you know, they're still grown up being told not to cry. You know, they're still, they're, they were in that space as well, but they don't have the same sort of, I guess, leadership that us females are seeing. You know, there's so many more females standing up and just going no this is what we want to do this is us so there's so much more mentorship and pride happening within women and I don't know if men are sort of it getting that at all you know like there's so many more <laughs> and if we worked it out with my friend and I were going oh okay all of our friends that we know that are single females they've all got property they've all some of them are running their own businesses or they've all got really good careers that they're really happy with and they're really building lives around what they want and what they're happy with. Whereas the single men we know, they're still going, oh no, like yeah, I'll, I'll get a wife and have some kids and stuff soon. And I'll just, I'll buy property once she comes along. And they're all just kind of like, just waiting for the society that they've told that's supposed to happen to happen. It's really, I feel kind of bad for them. <laughs> That so we're kind of like standing up and they're kind of like, we kind of keep on going, no, that's actually wrong. You shouldn't be saying that anymore. And we're sort of willing to have a go at them about it. And they've got to kind of learn so much more still. Yeah, it can be really tough. <laughs> um, from what I can gather, um, I'm starting to, with my research, I'm trying to work out um, what's the difference. Why are, are women starting to soar and come into their own and the next generation's coming through and they've got, you know, they're creating boundaries, they're getting self-respect, they're seeking confidence, self-confidence, self-belief, eliminating self-doubt and just trying to go for it and live their best life and that seems to be the general ilk of what's going on with most women right at this time regardless of age so even yeah. the 50 year olds are going for it the 60 year olds yeah. are going for it 
the 40 year olds are going for it and the 30 year olds are being sort of born into that generation so it's sort of a bit really natural for yeah. them to go Dana, I'm my own <laughs> underworld yeah. let's go what, what, what yeah. what's the world got for me that I can go get um, yeah. and have and be um, whereas the only difference I can see is we've got access to the learnings um, and we are willing, open to learn. Whereas men yeah. haven't got access to the learnings and they're not willing to learn. So go and have a look at who's going to the courses and who's doing the mentoring and the coaching and the therapy. It's women. And the yeah. only reason a man will go is because he's dragged along by a woman. <laughs> And well, so yeah, I'd love to see the statistics of men proactively going to therapy or men proactively going to personal development and getting yeah. emotional intelligence. I think the stats would be pathetic. I think it would be oh, 15. Terrible. I'd be surprised if it was 15 to 20% of men proactively doing it, whereas 80% of women are proactively doing it. Totally, totally. It's really, it, it's definitely, I think we've had the luck of always feel like it's, it doesn't, it's not bad or it's not sort of seen weak. as weak. small or weak for mm -hmm. a woman to ask for help. Yeah. Like we've always been allowed to ask for help because, you know, the, you know, the woe is me female character has always been there, but now we're stronger, but we still understand that want and need to learn and are willing to say, oh, we're not good enough with that yet, let's learn about it. Whereas, yeah, for men, it was always like, no, 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 like, we don't learn, we don't need to be better because we're already better. Like, we don't, we don't tell people our problems. We don't, we, don't do, we don't need that. We don't need to be taught by someone else. We're already superior. And that was always the sort of mentality you were supposed to have as a male. Mm. Even in, like, I don't know if it's ever going to happen. You know, any of the video workshops that I've run, whether it be a marketing thing or even just, you know, how to use your phone to mm. film with, mm. I have not had one male. There you go. Exactly. And I don't know if it's because point. I'm female or because they just, they're like, oh, I'll figure it out myself. Yeah. I won't look at the manual. I'll just figure it out myself. So we're boiling it down to ego. We're just boiling it down to ego. Women are not um, egotistical enough to say, I don't need help. Yes, it's, mm. it's, it's hard to ask for help. Women have that as a, a bit of a leap where they have to practice yeah. asking for help. They have to feel uh, yeah. um, worthy enough to, to ask for help. Sometimes they don't want to inconvenience anybody, so they feel a oh, bit like, yes. you know, the word. so there is a little bit of a thing there about mm. asking for help initially. But once they know there's a gap, they look for a solution, even if it's a private online solution. And that's why online learning's gone through the roof because women yeah. don't have to declare their weakness and say, oh, God, I'm shit at that. They can learn <laughs> it privately on YouTube or online somehow. So you don't even have to yeah. have therapy publicly. You just do it all privately. So <laughs> I reckon it's the difference between the ego. Once you see that lovely mm -hmm. ego come down from the male, the modern male, They'll be yeah. opened to asking for help and receiving the <laughs> learnings of how to be a modern male in today's yeah. world and to match the women's development, emotional yeah. intelligence development, and match it. And then we'll have a good society. But until then, um, women are going through the roof with their learning yeah. and development, and men are not quite there. It's a bit of a flatter. 
But here's the secret, and that's just occurred to me by having this conversation with you, is that actually there it is the learning's going on, but here's how it's being done. Hmm. Men are quite happy to sign up to business programs, and inside the business programs, they're talking about mindset. Inside mm -hmm. mindset is emotional intelligence and they're getting it there and they don't even realize it's happening and they're in too deep before it, the, the goodness is already being squeezed out. Well, that's probably a good thing, isn't it? That's a great <laughs> thing. I don't care knowing. how they get it. They need to fucking get it. Yeah, just go get something out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the men are teaching the men so those evolved mm. men who are good with people and have that empathic, intuitive, mm. you know, kinesthetic kind of person, guy, and they're teaching mm. the business people. And so women are getting it. So they're getting, come on, have a go, have a crack, take a risk, let's go. And the women are yeah. getting all that masculine energy stuff and they're getting balanced out from their female energy. And the men are getting all the feminine energy stuff of um, creator, nurture your customers, la, 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 la. And so they're getting balanced out and they all think they're in a business program. And they're in, <laughs> they're in a personal development, spiritual development program for mindset. It's fantastic. That's really sneaky. That's good. It's so sneaky. Yeah, it's like you got to remember, like there are so many positives to that feminine energy. There is so much we can learn from female leadership and there's so much we can learn from like not being embarrassed by sensitivity and not being embarrassed by empathy. There's so much wonderful things that you can learn. Like I've, I've done a, a couple of workshops with my partner as well about, you know, that in are in that business mindset sort of sales thing. And it was just so fascinating to go, hang on, your chart says you're more feminine and I'm more masculine. <laughs> Okay, cool. Let's work with that. Because <laughs> like the feminine energy doesn't actually mean female. It's just, they're just two different things. Some people have a stronger masculine energy and others have a, a feminine softer energy. And they're both so useful and so helpful in whatever situation you are, you are in. Yeah. In my therapeutic practice, I, the first four hours of therapy is always to balance the masculine and the feminine up in the person. Mm -hmm. Because you're right, some people are just naturally um, able to tap into their masculine energy, even as a woman. And mm -hmm. some men can easily tap into their feminine energy as a man, and they've got to balance out their masculine energy. So inside mm -hmm. each person is a, the, the use of the feminine energy and the masculine energy. And when that's balanced, you are you can do whatever you want in life. You, it, success is <laughs> a given, whatever that yeah. means to you, you know, because success is, yeah. is, is a personal thing. Um, so, yeah, you can be successful and just go for it and create whatever you want. But um, if it's out of balance, then there tends to be a psychological problem. So say, mm. for instance, um, with women, and one of the annoying things about women that are too fluffy, um, they're very much high... Um, feminine energy but no structure around their thinking so they can yeah. stay in the nebulous but can't ground any ideas into the current world 
And so they end up being gunners. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I've got lots of ideas. I'm creative. Everything's a shiny pebble. I get distracted easily. And it's just amazing. Oh, yeah. And I just skip toe through the tulips and fuck, I've done nothing. Yeah. Oh, you shiny object. Oh, you shiny another object. One, another one, another distraction and off I go again. <laughs> So the idea behind bringing in the masculine for them is to put structure around their ideas so that they can actually have the structure there to create the idea and to bring it into fruition. So if you're very comfy with your masculine energy, you'll find that you're very good at business because you put in all the processes, the systems, everything's efficient and effective. You've got good... Oh, you're speaking the language. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, you're, that's very much the masculine, yeah. Whereas you've <laughs> had enough feminine energy to put an idea in your womb, gustate your idea and birth your baby out. <laughs> and so that was the feminine energy at play, to do that preamble. But then you need the masculine. Once the baby's out, you now need to protect the baby. Yeah. So that's the processes and the systems and the whatever else. So that's my view <laughs> on every human needs to be um, masculine and feminine balanced. And maybe we wouldn't see half the problems we see between male and females if we were able to get clean and clear psychologically on that. Yeah, I think that would make such a difference as well. It would, yeah, it would really make... I think for a much more improved kind of more comfortable, I guess, workplace and intimate relationship wise and in, in all aspects of life. That would yeah. be really funny. Yeah. yeah. It really would make a massive difference. Yeah. So that's sort of my, um, my yeah. bug to bear is that I, you know, <laughs> I can help the world in that way. That's how I want yeah. to help people. And I've got to, I've got to, I like that analogy as well, because I've always called my business, my baby. Yeah. And it is something, you know, like I really look after and it, being in my 30s, everyone's having babies or trying to have babies already have their babies and I don't really want one. And so I'm kind of like, well, I've got one. Like this is my, this is my business. Like I'm putting all of that kind of nurturing into this business. So yeah, now I can tell everyone, actually, no, I do have a baby. I don't actually have to physically birth it. <laughs> well, I'm the same as you. I've, I've, I've been screaming from the rafters since I was 16 and I never want to have any children. And now I'm 51, people are finally starting to believe me. <laughs> oh, I have to wait that long, do I? Okay. <laughs> um, you will have pressure for the rest of, you know, until you can't have children. Um, but they'll keep asking. But let's just, um, from a modest modern goddess's point of view, how did it come about for you that you didn't want to have kids? And do you think it's a loose idea? For me, it was a very definite idea. I didn't want them. But do you think yours is a bit more open for, for conversation? Well, I, like I, I really honestly don't know where it came from. Like I, I remember as a sort of child, you start doing, you know, the reproductive classes and learning about the human body and you go through all that. And so, you know, once that sort of class came along, I, I had so many questions for my mum. Like I really hit her hard with them and she was great and answered all of them. And I, even from that time on, I kind of just went, I just don't, feel you know like I'm we're surrounded by all the Disney movies and the, the nuclear family kind of shows and everything and I just never really felt like I would ever have children mm. like it was just never 
it was never a goal. It was never part of the plan. You know, when you had to do all of those kind of like, what will your life be in primary school and things, it just was never there. <laughs> never. Yeah, like it was just sort of never part of it. It wasn't really, and even like on my first date with my, with the ex-husband, he said he wanted four kids. And I was like, I would like zero children. So that was fun. Like in the end, he didn't really want them either. So that was fine. But kind of, yeah, but once we got married, there were so many people being like, so, you know, when are the kids coming? Well, what's happening? And blah, blah, blah. And, and so I kind of did have that moment of going, oh, maybe I should, maybe I do want kids. Um, I was, I got really sick when I was 22 and ended up um, being sort of chopped open and fallopian tubes and stuff taken out. Oh, wow. so I still have one. I can still have kids if I wanted them. Um, but it was all stuffed up down there. And I do, I do remember sort of waking up and being like, okay, how much do they take? What have I got? Like, what are we going with? And my mum sort of saying what had happened, that they'd just taken the left fallopian tube and everything else was fine. And I was like, okay, cool, because I still would like the option. And then like falling back to sleep. Yeah, right. So it really was still, you know, an option there. But then I never really... You know, when they all talk about that, like, something sort of bubbles in you and you feel like that's when, you know, the need comes up and you're like, oh, I'm going to be 35 this year and I still haven't felt that. Yeah, me neither. So. Oh, and by the way, I'm 51 and I still don't regret it. So don't worry. Uh, that was the one fear I had because everyone kept saying, you'll yeah. change your mind, you'll change your mind, you'll change your yeah. mind. Because I yeah. had a man at 18. I found my husband at 18. So it wasn't like I didn't have a trusted... <laughs> safe environment to have a child yeah. in. I had all that. It's just the I the way I described it, Mia, it might might be um good words for you is I didn't get that gene. Yeah. You know I, that gene yeah, that they had? They seem to yeah. it's like it's a definite I want to have a kid. I'm yeah. definitely having kids and it's like, oh, I never thought that. Yeah, no. No, I never, never, ever thought that as well. I love my nieces and nephews. I so love my I friends. Love, I love kids. Kids are yeah, the but I'd want to give them back. Yeah, like that's, yeah. And I'm like, I love my partner's kids. They're awesome. Like, I love my friend Michaela's um, son, Teddy. I have little dance-offs with him and we have so much fun. But yeah, I just, it doesn't make me feel like I want to have any of my own though. No, we don't get clucky as such. That's what they call no. it. Clucky. I never got clucky. I was like, this is cool. I'm having fun. Let's dance. Let's have magic in our lives. Let's go and find the fairies. And I've got a, I've got, I've got a whole fairy room in my house. I'm like a kid myself. It's like, yum. But um. I don't know. I just don't have the gene. I just never, and I love meeting, I've got a lot of friends that never had kids and I seem to be able to find my folk and you are one of, you know, we are, we are different. We are different. And you're one of the folk. Yeah. No. Hey, well, we, know we, club. we should have a secret Facebook club. Yeah, we should. We should. We, we get to talk about all things childless. That's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, without being um, told that we're hard or yucky or yeah. not, not a proper woman. Because some women apparently are very offended by that. Whereas we just go, uh, just doesn't make sense to us. <laughs> 
It doesn't sound appealing. Yeah. It doesn't sound appealing. Nah, nah. The whole thing doesn't thrill me. So, doesn't thrill yeah. me. Never did. No. Okay, so you're in. You can become the new president. I'll hand over. Oh, <laughs> do you guys have dogs? Yes. <laughs> I'm going to <laughs> of course, I play my little baby Yorkshire Terrier. He's 12 now. Um, oh, yeah, we've always had our babies, our fur babies. Yes, you got yeah, it. And, and, and I agree with you, my businesses are my babies as well. I definitely nurture my babies um, in that regard, and I love creating babies. So I'm very good at, um, I use my creative juices and my creative. Um, yeah, nurturer, which is the archetype called the creative nurturer. Um, I put, yeah. you and I have all of that to put into other things as opposed to yeah. um, just children, yeah. as such. Yeah, yeah, we've got our businesses and we and we love them. You know, sure, we're not gonna, we might be marrying them off, but we might sell them for a good, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so before we wrap up, Mia, and I'll put everything you do in the show notes because it's always wonderful to see what women are doing, what women are creating and put all the links in there. Um, but what, what are you doing and how do you feel supported in your business? What's, how do I make sure that you feel loved and supported and nurtured as a businesswoman? <laughs> um, so, well, what I, like, I've, got a, I've got a video production company um, and so we do a lot of sort of video strategies and video marketing and, you know, I love being able to to work with with people from all angles and everything, because I because I get to find out all of the behind the scenes of their businesses and it's fascinating. Um, but putting together ways to you know to build up their brand awareness and to like to make their business grow and it's amazing because I get to watch that and you know build really cool funky creative content and we do a lot of things along those lines. I love being able to do that for people. Um, and I think that's that's when I feel nurtured and like I feel loved is when, you know, yeah, is when I can see other people's businesses do really well and they're really excited about it and we can, you know, come up with great ideas together and come up with great videos together. That's where it all is. That's, that's the world right there. <laughs> yeah. Does that mean you're naturally quite a good, you know, like you love the collaboration side of business? Is that one of your 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 drivers? Is collaboration? Yeah, I think so. I definitely think that's definitely one of the drivers is to be able to collaborate. You know, I'm doing. I've started a digital marketing course as well, so that I can open up past um, video as well, and I can actually make what I do work even better. For people, and I think like to, I was sort of doing that course so that you know I can spend some more time collaborating with people and helping people through their businesses one on one as well. So I, that's a huge thing for me to be able to collaborate and and support people is in in my own special way is really cool. That's really Are you doing that through digitalmarketer.com and getting certified as a digital marketer? I'm doing it with um, Digital Marketing Institute. Oh, right. Yeah. So, and there's a um, I don't think it actually is, so which sort of disappoints me. But everyone I spoke to was Australian beforehand, so that's okay. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. Oh, but you, okay, I'll look them up. So, Digital Marketing Institute is your teacher. Yeah. And how long before that's finished? Uh, so, I should actually be, it's 
it's supposed to be an 11 month course, um, but me being me, I'm hoping to finish it in six. So, <laughs> so it's online, you can go at your own pace. Yeah, it's all online, I can go at my own oh. pace. Um, so it's, yeah, it's great. So it's, it's great for ISO as well, so it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I so definitely. Yeah, now I'm thinking of doing digitalmarketer.com and then I'm going to be certified. Yeah. And I'm the same as you. I'm going to add that to my Becoming the Expert program and make that my year two. So set them yeah. all in year one and then year two, it's all the digital marketing um, and, oh, and getting all that, that working. It's just a natural, you know, natural progression. To, yeah, to, that's really cool. To um, stay in touch with you, I think you're a very good um, collaborator for me, and I think um, I can definitely send business your way. So stay in touch, um, and if yeah. it's okay with you, in series two, we're going to loop back around and go a little deeper with each of our speakers. So you know, mm -hmm. we'll, we'll come back to you and do another recording in season two, and just yeah, get more. Sure, let's do it. This is fun. Okay. Well, stay in touch, my darling. You've been absolutely amazing. There's been so many insights. You've, give, you've given us an opportunity to talk about extrovert and introvert, and I think a lot came out of that. And the, um, the bubble idea, I think that's beautiful for everyone, no matter what they are, is to get in that bubble with your, your um, significant um, others and yeah. um, really make sure that you're safe and protected inside your own little relationship bubble, which is very cute. So there was just so many things that I got from your talk today. Thank you. Oh, thank you. That was so much easier than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> you introverts always make things worse than they actually are. Yeah. <laughs> Worry wars. I know. I was just talking to Riley beforehand, my, um, who works for me, and I'm like, there's no plan. There's no nothing. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> yep, you like you like your little task lists and you like to be over prepared, whereas I'm making everyone just go for it. And you know what? These conversations are turning out way better than any scripted, planned, prepared speech. I think there's enough of that on the airwaves. I think what, what yeah. I want to give is something just raw and natural and organic and for us to get to know each other normally. That's brilliant. I think it's a really great concept. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Thanks for being a part of it, darling. You were amazing. Lots of love and I'll see you soon. Mwah. You too. Bye. Bye.